all the news you might have missed till now about the upcoming Supergirl TV show. An intro to your two hosts and more. This is Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things Supergirl. I'm Teresa Giacino. And I'm Rebecca Johnson. Since this is our very first episode and we wouldn't be here without him, I want to start the show by sending a shout out to our fabulous producer, Andy B, over at our brother podcast, The Flash Podcast, for putting Supergirl Radio together. We should also give a shout out to awesome Mike Schmidt for writing our great theme music. Be sure to check him out on Twitter at MikeSchmidt09 and his website at ReverbNation.com slash MikeSchmidt4. Thanks for the music, Mike. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Now, we want you to get to know the two of us and why we're here and what our plans are for Supergirl Radio. But first, we want to make sure you're all caught up on the latest news about the upcoming CBS show Supergirl starring Glee's Melissa Benoist as Supergirl, a.k.a. Kara Zor-El. A lot has happened in a short amount of time with the Supergirl TV show. Rumors started around September of last year. BleedingCool.com reported that DC Comics was pitching Supergirl as a series on September 3, 2014, and that producer Michael Green of TV's Smallville and Heroes was attached. Of course, as we now know, Michael Green is not attached. And instead, as reported by Deadline Hollywood on September 4th, the show was actually being pitched with Greg Berlanti, who is the executive producer on Arrow and The Flash, and Ali Adler, who worked with Greg Berlanti on another series focused on super-powered people, No Ordinary Family, which was on ABC a couple of years ago. Berlanti confirmed his involvement with comicbookresources.com on September 9th, saying, We're just starting to work on it. We haven't gone to the networks yet. I'll be very happy, very excited to talk about it once we know where its home will be. And once we got uh, to mid-September, that's when things started kicking into high gear. Um, On September 19th, tbline.com confirmed that CBS was going to be the network for the new show and that the title was going to be Supergirl. Uh, What's more, um, TV Line confirmed that CBS had given Supergirl a series commitment, which is really, really rare for a show that's in such an early stage of development. Yeah, I don't know when the last time that has has happened, actually. It is really, 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 really rare. (laughs) Things, Things started getting really exciting in October when the character breakdown started rolling in, giving us our first glimpses into the show's possibilities. And once again, TV Line was all over it. On October 30th, they released the breakdowns for the show's main protagonists, Supergirl, a.k.a. Kara Zor-El, and Alex Danvers, Kara's foster sister. The breakdowns are as follows. For Kara Zor-El, a.k.a. Kara Danvers, the show is eyeing Caucasian females aged 22 to 26 to play 24. As the series mythology goes, Kara at age 12 was sent from her dying home planet of Krypton to Earth, where she was taken in by the Danvers, a foster family who taught her to be careful with her extraordinary powers. After repressing said skills for more than a decade, Kara is forced to bust out her super moves in public during an unexpected disaster. Energized by her heroism for the first time in her life, she begins embracing her abilities in the name of helping the people of her city, earning herself a super moniker along the way. (laughs) So I guess we'll get the origin of the Supergirl name. All right. Uh, For Alexandra Alex, or or Alex Danvers, I guess is her nickname, Kara's gorgeous, brilliant, science-minded foster sister. Growing up, Alex was partly jealous of her sibling, yet also fascinated by her abilities. 
prompting Alex to learn as much as she could about alien anthropology, sociology, and culture. Today, Alex works for a secret government organization, and alongside her heroic sis, will face many challenges, both mundane and super. That's actually something that I am curious about, because she, you know, apparently has knowledge of aliens. Um, so, are you know, knowing about, you know, different races, it's like, are as far as this being an origin story, like, you know, how much do they actually know about Superman and Krypton and all of that? Um, yeah, like, what would Kara know about, I mean, I guess Kara would have some, because typically in... Superman stories that have Supergirl in it or Supergirl stories just on her own, she does have more knowledge of Krypton than, say, Clark or Kal-El would. So that would be really interesting to kind of know how the Danvers know about Krypton because of Kara's knowledge of Krypton. Yeah. Um, And what government agency exactly does she belong (laughs) to? (laughs) That sounds really, really interesting and almost kind of shady. I know, exactly. (laughs) Um, well, at the uh, breakdowns uh, continued the next day um, on uh, TV Line when they released the descriptions for several other important Supergirl supporting characters, including Cat Grant, Jimmy Olsen, Winshot, and Hank Henshaw. Um, and these breakdowns also give us a little more insight into the actual plot of the show. Um, for Cat Grant, they've got... Uh, the project is eyeing females in their 40s, open ethnicity, to play the founder of Catco, a media conglomerate that Cat built from the ground up. Uh, Kara will work as a professional, uh, sorry, a personal assistant to Cat, who's described as J-Lo by way of Anna Wintour, which yeah. is hilarious. What, what's funny is I haven't, um, for a lot of these breakdowns, I don't really have an actor or actress in mind to play these parts, so which is kind of great because I kind of would like to be surprised. But for Cat Grant in my head, I just, I wish Jane Krakowski could play her. Uh, I think, (laughs) I think she would be perfect uh, just because, you know, she's, she's got that kind of J-Lo by way of Anna Wintour uh, thing about her. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Definitely. I could totally see that too, actually, now that you bring her name up. I don't want to like let myself down by hoping for that, but it's out there. I'm just, you know, free advice. (laughs) <laughs> Tell the universe. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, James Olsen, or yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Don't, don't call him Jimmy. He's, he's obviously James Olsen here. I know. He's a grown man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's in his late 20s or early 30s, in fact. Um, and the breakdown says open ethnicity. James is a smart, worldly, and, duh, attractive photographer for Catco. And the duh is in the description. (laughs) (laughs) Though an alpha male, his salt-of-the-earth nature elicits a huge old crush from Kara. Um, So clearly, love interest is earmarked already. Yes. Um, Winslow Wynn shot... Uh, this 20-something tech whiz slash Comic-Con stalwart, a.k.a. big old nerd, um, <laughs> that's my own editorial, uh, toils for Catco as a programmer, unaware of his own toying potential. Mm-hmm. Unaware of her secret, he carries a torch for Kara, whom he lives next door to. Um, whoever writes these really should not end their sentences and prepositions. Right. But um, <laughs> that's interesting. And we get a little clue with the word toying. Right. Who um, well, and I'm interested to know if he maybe has already assumed kind of a toy man persona or if that, I guess that's going to be something to come that we get to see. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get to see him in like his early development. <laughs> right. Um, And then lastly, they've got Hank Henshaw. Uh, As an upstart CIA agent, Hank grew obsessed with intergalactic intel. Now in his 40s and lording over the DEO, or the Department of Extranormal Operations. I love these organization names. (laughs) Um, He is on high alert when Supergirl reveals herself, worried that her otherworldly abilities possess a threat to humankind. I wonder if Alex will have a connection to Hank Henshaw because of this Department of Extra Normal Operations. Yeah, if that's the, the uh, organization she works for. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll be at odds. Maybe. Um, maybe they're competing shady government organizations. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have just one. Right, right. Well, then, of course, the inevitable casting rumors. 
uh, came around. As early as December, we started hearing names being tossed around for the role of Supergirl. On December 1st, TheRap.com reported that actress Claire Holt of The Vampire Diaries was rumored to be up for the role, while on December 2nd, the very next day, The Sun in the UK reported that actress-slash-model Gemma Atkinson was up for the part. About all that could be confirmed for sure in December was that Supergirl's wardrobe is being handled by an Academy Award-winning designer. In a profile in Entertainment Weekly from the week of December 5th, Greg Berlanti revealed that he would be meeting with designer Colleen Atwood, who designed costumes for The Flash and Arrow, as well as blockbuster films like Into the Woods and Snow White and the Huntsman. And that, finally, catches us up to last month, uh, news from last month, when some of the biggest news nuggets were revealed during the CBS Winter Press Tour at the Television Critics Association, or the TCAs. Um, on January 11th, Collider.com did an interview with Greg Berlanti in which he revealed a couple things. Um, he revealed that they didn't have a preference as to whether or not Supergirl was played by an unknown actress. Um, this one makes me really happy that the tone of the Supergirl series would be tonally closer to The Flash than Arrow. <laughs> that makes me happy, too. And I think it's <laughs> very appropriate because yeah. Supergirl is not a dark super dark character and really to be honest green air isn't either in my opinion but um but arrow is definitely a darker tone than the flash so i i kind of would like supergirl to have that flash tone as well yeah she doesn't need to brood <laughs> yeah i mean i guess uh, she could but it, it's it's nice that she'll have m- more of an upbeat hopeful tone yeah um, and he said about the uh, the possibility of a crossover, you know, he says, so much has to go right. We have to make a great show. Uh, again, I think of myself, if I were watching it, I'd want to see that. But we have to get so many things right to make a good show. And so much of it is luck, unfortunately. Um, and on being a uh, female-led superhero project, uh, he says, that was really important to all of us when we set out to working on it. And it was really important to DC, and it's really important to the women I'm working on the show with, the women that work at the studio and the women that work on the network. In a lot of ways, I'm surrounded more by women on the project that can answer the question better. <laughs> um, <laughs> so clearly, I'm, I'm glad that that he's so happy about it and that um, the women that are working on uh, the project from the ground up seem to be so invested in the show. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, meanwhile, the following day, Entertainment Weekly reported on what the chairperson of CBS Entertainment, Nina Tassler, had to say about the project. She said, there will be crime cases, but what Allie Adler and Greg Berlanti pitched was a real series arc for her. She said, the beauty of it is now with shows like The Good Wife and Madam Secretary, you can have serialized story elements woven into a case of the week. She's a crime solver, so she's going to have to solve a crime. She's going to get a bad guy. Uh, Nina Tassler also said this about the character of Supergirl. She said she is, she is a very strong, independent young woman. She's coming into her own. She's dealing with family issues. She's dealing with work issues. It's a female empowerment story. If you look at the strong female characters we have on the air, it really is resonant of that. We're big feminists. It's her intellect. It's her skill. It's her smarts. It's all of those elements. It's not just her strength which she does have, which I think is great because it, it makes her a more well-rounded character that she's going to actually have some depth and um, something behind her and her story that's going to drive every episode, it sounds like. You know, it, it's awesome that she's a superhero, um, but when you talk about stuff like feminism and like, you know, strong characters, strength comes in many different forms. You know, and it's not just about her having, like, these powers. It's about her being a a strong, nuanced human being. For sure. And Nina Tassler on casting Supergirl, she said she's got to be an every woman. She's got to be specific. She's got to be a terrific actor. I think back to having the good fortune of being at Warner Brothers when we were doing Lois and Clark, which is one of my favorite shows. The Mm -hmm. chemistry between Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher was really wonderful. So I think in this case, it's looking for someone who embodies both the freshness and the exuberance of being a young woman in today's challenging climate and being someone who can carry this kind of series on her shoulders. It's a big, big show, <laughs> which is probably very true. 
Yeah. And I like that they that she mentioned Lois and Clark because I, I kind of sense in my mind, I haven't read the script or seen a trailer or whatever, but I kind of feel like the the tone that we were talking about, like with the Flash, that was sort of kind of how Lois and Clark felt too. It was kind of a, a more upbeat, a hopeful kind of a show. So I was kind of glad to know that she referenced Lois and Clark there. Yeah. And also she gave me a reason to relive my Dean Cain crush from the early 90s. Oh, I have such a story. <laughs> or the mid 90s. I have such a story about meeting Dean Cain, actually. <gasps> I met him at Dragon Con a couple of years ago. And I'm pretty, I've gotten pretty good because of Dragon Con, like going up to famous people and talking to him. Yeah. And <laughs> I was getting my picture made with him. And I had my Lois Lane shirt on and I went up to him and he, <laughs> he, he was like, oh, Lois Lane. And I just... I totally had one of those moments where I literally went speechless. I was like, huh, like I didn't, I didn't say anything. I was so embarrassed. It is one yeah. of, it's, it's like the only time that I've ever like frozen with a famous person. I came face to face with Superman and I blew it. So I totally, I totally, later I went and went back and kind of talked to him a little bit at his table when he was signing autographs, but I just laugh at myself. So I totally understand about the Dean Gaines Oh, situation. my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to explain that to me. <laughs> yeah. So have something prepared to say if you ever meet Dean Cain. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Nina Tassler also said about the Supergirl costume, she called it awesome, which is good to hear. And I have no doubt, actually, because I have I really like the Flash's costume and um, Arrow's costume, Oliver's costume on the, on, on uh, Arrow. Okay. So yeah. I think uh, I think my trust is totally in Colleen Atwood to uh, give something awesome. And uh, she confirmed that not only was the costume awesome, but that Colleen Atwood was in fact designing it. She also, uh, Nina Tassler also talked about Supergirl being a good fit for the CBS brand, which is something I was a little concerned about myself. Yeah, (laughs) It it doesn't seem like the obvious choice, but um, you know, I think they're starting to, to change their, their, image a little bit especially with stuff like you know the big bang theory and and whatnot um yeah she had some good thoughts to say about that she said i think we're watching an evolution with regard to the way that superhero characters are portrayed there's a humanity they're flawed there's a relatability for our network right now what we did respond to was the character's humanity the other characters in the show as well the story trajectory and the character's arc and growth these are all things that made her just eminently relatable and made the story exciting. We made a decision based on the pitch that we heard. So whatever's in that pitch, whatever's in that script, CBS thinks that they can work that into their brand, which is good to hear. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, you know, CBS has been doing some great stuff lately, and I'm, I'm kind of thrilled that they are, are taking this show on. Yeah, I think in the past, I've, I've kind of always assumed CBS was more, you know, heavy on the procedurals, maybe skewed a, an older demographic. But they have, like you said, they've been branching out like person of interest. Is to, mm-hmm. is to, I mean, I, in my mind, that's against um, what I think of CBS. Like that's totally going in another, in you know, a unique direction for them. So I think that kind of a, a series is, is helping pave the way for Supergirl to make sense on CBS. Yeah, it is super exciting. Uh, God, um, every t- I can't say the word "super" now at all without. Ugh, it just it's, feels it's horrible. It's appropriate anyway. on this podcast. You're it, really, it is. It is. Um, and actually, we're getting to the really exciting bits of news um, because finally, on January twenty second, that's when we got the news that we were all waiting for. Everybody, including Deadline Hollywood, Entertainment Weekly, Variety, reported that Glee's Melissa Benoist was cast in the coveted role of Supergirl, um, which I was actually really happy about. I wouldn't have thought of her initially for the role, but once they announced it, I was like, "Yes, I loved her on Glee." She's a great actress. I think she could pull this off. I had actually never heard of her before, but I prefer it that way, actually, you know, because uh, for, for roles like this, I almost like discovering someone new who can actually embody that role. And so I don't have any preconceived notions that I'm bringing into it. So I'm kind of glad that I, I'm, I'm looking forward to discovering her and uh, seeing what she brings to the table. 
Um, and she, of course, uh, expressed her excitement as everyone does on Twitter. Um, and Twitter congratulations were pouring in from all over the Flareoverse um, from people like Stephen Amell, Brandon Routh, and Grant Gustin. Um, and she also got Twitter congrats from a fellow live-action Supergirl, um, Laura Vandervoort, uh, who played the role on Smallville, uh, tweeted at her saying, wanted to congratulate you on this wonderful journey you have ahead of you. All the best. Up, up, and away. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. On January 28th, the casting news continued to roll in when the Hollywood... The Hollywood... Uh, the Hollywood Reporter <laughs> announced that True Blood and Necessary Roughness alum Makad Brooks had won the coveted role of Supergirl's confident and apparently love interest uh, by the character breakdown. Jimmy Olsen, or James Olsen, as he would probably like us to call him. Because he's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just casting news we've been getting. TVLine.com reported on fr Friday that Supergirl's first foe would be DC Comics villain Lumberjack, who's described as a big, burly monster of a man who has battled Kara's cousin, that'd be you-know-who, in the past, and shows up to ascertain her level of power on behalf of an unseen superior. Probably one of those shady government organizations. <laughs> Probably. About. I wonder if Lumberjack is associated with them. Oh, my God. They're all going to be in black suits and sunglasses. It's going to be crazy. Um, well, that gets us all caught up, finally. That's a lot of news. So much uh, news in four months. Um, so what of all that you know stuff that we've heard so far, what are you the most excited about? Well, I am. the character breakdowns have me pretty excited because I'm a big fan of the Daily Planet. I love Lois Lane. And mm. uh, Kat Grant is usually associated with the Daily Planet. She's, she's usually the gossip columnist. So even though we're not getting the Daily Planet, even though Kat is a little bit different in this one, um, I'm excited that we're going to get a, another take on her. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what how her actions with Kara are. I sort of, when Kat Grant is... Uh, talked about I always kind of maybe it's because of the Lois and Clark connection I always go to uh, Tracy Scroggins version of Cat Grant where she was sort of uh, the more you know she considered herself to be very attractive and right. uh, she <laughs> sort of looked down to people as almost as they were beneath her um, a little bit and so I, I wonder how she'll kind of maybe present herself as maybe a little better than Kara or maybe boss Kara around kind of like a devil wears product kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about Kat Grant. And one of the first big comic stories I ever read was the death of Superman. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they uh, do on this show in regards to the Hank Henshaw character, because of yes. course he becomes cyborg Superman. And in the death of Superman comic, he is super scary. Now I, <laughs> I did it too. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Hank Henshaw other than the death of Superman and, and the cyborg Superman that's in that story. But he, the way he's drawn in that story is really creepy and really scary. And so I wonder how they'll play him. I wonder if he'll be sort of like a almost like a Harrison Wells from The Flash, where he's kind of a good guy in the beginning. I mean, he'll probably have some sort of. Uh, arc that kind of leads him down a darker path but um i i'm really excited to see what they do with him um and who who knows maybe he's a good guy i don't know <laughs> they they could change it all around they i mean that's the beauty of shows like this yeah james olsen is apparently an alpha male now so <laughs> <laughs> instead of a instead of a, a bow tie wearing you know a freckle face kid so um who knows what they'll do with hank henshaw so i'm i'm very excited about that um, and like I mentioned, I, I've never seen Melissa Benoist in anything, so I'm really excited to see um, what she does with the character. And um, I, <laughs> we, we just mentioned Lumberjack as a character, and I have no idea who Lumberjack is. I had to go I, look I him up. I never heard of Lumberjack before this. <laughs> no, no idea. There's not even really that much written about him on uh, any of the Wikipedia pages. <laughs> so they kind of reached into DC Comics lore and pulled this character out of obscurity for this pilot. And I love that. I love that we're not just getting kind of the same old, same old. It's, you know, let's bring something new 
into this. So I'm very excited to see what they do with this Lumberjack character because I'll actually be learning something. I'll be learning a new character. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, so I'm just excited to get to kind of play with these characters a little bit and get to see how they all interact with each other. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that's one of the things that I um I'm excited about uh, just listening to both Nina Tassler and uh, Greg Berlanti talk about um, how they're handling the show and what they hope for the show. Um, it really makes me feel like the story is going to be in good hands and that they're going to um, experiment and turn things on their head in the right ways um, while still holding true to like, you know, fan favorite stuff and, and what have you. Um the fact that they're going obscure for the villain. Um, so it's still like, if you're a fan, you might have you know heard who Lumberjack is, but it's not like your, your obvious go-to for a villain. Um, I love that Makad Brooks was cast as James the Grown Man Olsen. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> and that he is an alpha male, because it's like, that's not, like you'd think, like the red-headed bow-tie-wearing, you know, nerdy kid. And it'd be interesting to see how they have this like quote unquote alpha male um, James Olsen, you know, who's a love interest for Kara, how they're going to handle that and what's going to change in that relationship because of it. Well, and like, um, and like you said, they are s- turning some things on, on their heads, but they're keeping some things to what you know about them. So like James may not look the same as he does in the comics and he may not be, um, you know, bow tie wearing freckle face kid, but he is also a photographer. So he, he yeah. does have that element of his character still there. Right. And, uh, and he's also, you know, always been attached like from the beginning to Supergirl. Right. Um, and obviously we'll go into talking about that in our next episode. Um, but yeah, the, the, the relationship will probably have a lot of similarities compared to what we already know. Um, and yeah, just I'm excited for the new um, the new Supergirl. Um, I think Melissa Benoist is going to do a great job. And um, yeah, I'm just glad that the show exists and that it was put on this fast track. Like like you said, this you know four months and and they just fast tracked this to like you know premiering next year. And it tells me that they're like really making um, having television shows with uh, nuanced interesting female protagonists a priority which is something i always love to see yeah i think they've been trying to make supergirl a series for a a while now like i think it's kind of been one of the things that they've i guess they've been trying they've been talking about like i remember hearing about it um even back when smallville was still in the air after um uh, laura vandervoort was on smallville like i kind of remember hearing some rumors that they might do a supergirl show um so I'm just glad to see that it's finally uh, presented itself as something that's actually going to happen. So I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it will not only be able to uh, survive on its own and, and kind of stand on its own, but maybe we'll get a crossover with Flash and, the Air- and Arrow. So I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, now that we've talked some Supergirl news, we should probably tell you a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and start? Tell us uh, a little about yourself and what you do and your geekiness. Well, first off, I'll just throw you to my Twitter account. Um, You can find me on Twitter at DerbyKid, D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And if you're wondering why DerbyKid, that's kind of weird. It's a reference to me being born in Louisville, Kentucky, which is the home of the Kentucky Derby, and is also a reference to the neighborhood I grew up in that also had Derby in the title. So it's kind of faded, I guess, that I would have all these Derby things in my life. Um, But I point you to my Twitter first off because... If you go to my Twitter account, you'll find almost everything you need to know about me there (laughs) because I tweet all sorts of stuff about uh, DC and um, comic book characters and just television in general. I love television. Um, And so uh, any any kind of thing that relates to uh, DC and television, uh, you'll you'll find all sorts of stuff on my Twitter and feel free to tweet at me. Uh, I like having conversations on Twitter, even though it's kind of hard with only 140 characters um Mm. but uh that is where i will send you first and um as as far as like my geekiness um in addition to live tweeting stuff like you know 
Parks and Rec or, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, I also, uh, in my spare time, I'm a poster and uh, a moderator over at the KSITV.com forums. So if you like forums, if you like uh, message boards, that kind of thing, um, I would uh, point you to KSITV.com because that's kind of where I started my online geekiness was over there uh, during the Smallville years. Um, oh, nice. I'm also an amateur camera operator and video editor. So if you um, want to check out videos I've made, you can uh, go over to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And if you watch uh, the trailer on my uh, channel, it'll, it'll explain what duck milk is. Because you're like, what? I don't understand <laughs> duck milk. Um, there's a reason for it. So <laughs> it's not just a weird made up word. It is an actual, th- uh, there's there's a reason behind it. Um, and you're I, not milking ducks? <laughs> no, no. But there there is there are ducks and there is a milk thing that go together. Um, so <laughs> I post videos of my travels and of my friends. Uh, but I have a lot of geeky stuff there from uh, my, I talked about DragonCon earlier when I froze up with Dean Kane. I, uh, <laughs> I even have a video of Dean Kane up on uh, my YouTube channel. So if you want to see stuff that I've uh, shot and uh, edited for DragonCon, uh, that is a convention in Atlanta, Georgia that I go to every year, it, uh, you can check them out. I have uh, videos from the Once Upon a Time cast, the Smallville cast, the cast of V, the new V that was on ABC a couple of years ago. Uh, I have stuff from Lost there. Um, I have uh, videos of Adam West and Burt Ward. Like I have all sorts of uh, cool Dragon Con stuff up. Uh, full panels um, and kind of videos I've cut together of my experience. So you can see all that there. And not to brag, but recently I also <laughs> made a video where I listed 16 Batman facts in 15 seconds. Uh, it was a, it was, oh. a, it was, a, <laughs> it was really hard. I had to practice it a lot. And um, it was, uh, it was in response to a tweet that I saw from the Warner Brothers uh, studio tour that I follow on Twitter, and mm-hmm. one of one of the tour guides had done it, and I was like, I wonder if I can do that. So I, you know, practiced a little bit and made a video, and they actually really loved it. the The studio tour um, has been eating it up, so I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to get um, my friends to do it too. I'm like, see if you see how many you can name in 15 seconds. So. Um, I totally challenge everyone who is listening to this, see if you can come up with more than 16 Batman facts in, in 15 seconds and send me a link. Yeah, um, right. And I, I, was, I was thinking, well, maybe we could do that with Supergirl. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could yeah. do that with Supergirl. We'll, we'll have to try it sometime. No, I would actually be, be very curious to see who out there um, listening to this would, would be able to do that for Supergirl without our help. So, <laughs> well, and and I'm curious. Maybe after maybe after season zero, maybe I could maybe I'll challenge myself to do a Supergirl fact challenge to name as many facts as I can about Supergirl in 15 seconds. Maybe I'm a, I'm throwing down the gauntlet on myself. Oh no! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna challenge myself to do that with Supergirl. So if anybody else wants to do that, uh, let me know. Send us links, and uh, we'll try to do that. So. Uh- now that we know you can list uh, 16 Batman facts in yes. 15 seconds, it's um, tell us uh, why you wanted to be a part of this particular podcast. Um, what is it about a Supergirl TV show that uh, excites you? Well, I'm a fan of Arrow and The Flash, and I've watched Arrow since day one, Flash from day one. And I'm really excited that the team behind those shows are going to be involved in this Supergirl show. Now, it's going to have, you know, different writers, of course, but Greg Berlanti has a proven track record that he makes great superhero shows. So that's, I have a lot of trust and a lot of faith in the people behind this show. And I like that it already sounds like they're working on creating a unique backdrop for Kara, this Catco thing that Cat Grant is build, uh, that ha- has built. That's very interesting to me. And um, I think it's a good thing that they're trying something new and creating kind of a different uh, environment for Kara to, to work in. And it sort of makes her her own character. It's not just, oh, Cat Grant at the Daily Planet, because that's, that's sort of a Superman Lois Lane thing. So it's cool yeah. that Kara has her own environment, her own supporting cast. So I like that a lot. And um, I just would rather not see the same thing over and over again. So I like that there's going to be a fresh take on the character. So I'm looking forward to the show a lot. Yeah. And, and specifically it sounds like it's very geared toward, um, you know, millennials. Um, it's really like, you know, you're not going to necessarily have, 
um, the Daily Planet. Like it's it sounds like it's a more kind of modern um, media take on on the character in the world, um, which seems really cool. I just love that they describe Cat Grant as a cross between J Lo and Anna Wintour. Like I can I can see that character. I like I know what that person looks like, and I can imagine her walking around her like high rise media office in New York City or something like. Yes. Running things. <laughs> yes. And I'm I'm now that you talk about that, I'm wondering because if Kara is going to be a costumed superhero, how does that play into this media business? Are they going to do her PR? Like are they gonna have like, oh, Supergirl, you know, did something today, you know, th- are are they gonna do stories about her? Are they gonna have uh social media things that they do? Like I I wonder if she's going to keep her identity a secret or if people are going to know she is Kara. I wonder how that's going to work like at her job. So that, yeah. that will be interesting. I mean, I uh, I would be fascinated to see that, um, to see how, you know, what a modern you know, Supergirl looks like, um, how she, you know, how she runs her day-to-day life. Because, you know, obviously there's the flying around saving people and that's all very well and good. Um, and we're probably going to get plenty of that. Um with her super abilities and everything. But like, I am more interested to see what she does the rest of the time um, and how she deals with uh, her family, how she deals with, you know, James Olsen, how she deals uh, <laughs> with, you know, coming of age uh, at this time in this place. Um, also, I'm really uh, intrigued by the fact that, you know, Alex Danvers was one of the first people cast Mm-hmm. Um, or not cast, but one of the first breakdowns right. that we got. Um, so clearly it's going to be a very um, kind of sister-focused show, which I really like about it. Um, I like that, uh, you know, it's not going to be, you know, what we've seen with, you know, Smallville and, and you know, you see Clark Kent growing up with his, you know, step-parents and whatnot. It seems like it's going to be more of a sibling relationship. It's going to be two female characters kind of bouncing off each other. Um and I'm kind of intrigued by that relationship. It, it almost seems kind of frozen to me, you know, like <laughs> focus on like a sister bond, um, even though they're not blood related, but it's um, how their relationship has evolved with them growing up together. And uh, and that would be really cool. Yeah. And that's one of the awesome things about the Supergirl character for me is that oftentimes you will see Kara and Clark or Kara and Kal-El, however you want to refer to him. Um Normally, it's their familial bond that is the good thing about those characters. So I I like that even though we may or may not see a Superman on this show, we'll get Kara having some sort of family bond with someone. And I think that's important for her character because she is the last daughter of Krypton. She'll have a connection to Earth and she'll have uh, someone that, you know, this family that she'll care about. I think it's really important for her as a character to have that. So you just uh, uh, talked about whether or not we'll, we'll even see Superman. And I just had this image of her, like, FaceTiming or Skyping with her cousin Clark. And, like, we never see him except, like, as a little face on her screen while she's talking <laughs> to, like, and then, like, oh, I got to go do something. And she goes to, like, save somebody. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. But if... I don't know. Would would they? Well, I guess they would need Skype. I mean, they have super hearing, so I guess <laughs> it wouldn't be as visual to just hear them going, "Uh huh." Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know how Skype or FaceTime would work with two people who two aliens. Who has, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if you would need it. I don't know how would that work. It's true. That's you know how does Superman shave? It all goes back. To <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean that that would be hilarious. It's to a see. great it's a great mix of the superpowers and the mundane quality of those characters. Exactly. Well, um, uh, now tell tell everybody listening a little something about you, Teresa. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm getting all wrapped up in the Supergirl conversation. <laughs> um, what well, which as we should. Um, well, basically, I you know have been uh, writing about geek culture in some way, shape, or form uh, for a little over seven or eight years. Um, I've written about comics and sci-fi and fantasy for, you know, sites like Tor.com and Newsarama uh, and PinkRayGun.com and various others. Um, if you want to find me, uh, I'm also on Twitter. Um, all of my handles are really boring. They're just my name. So it's okay. just at Teresa Giacino. It's easy to remember. 
It's easy to remember. Um, there you go. Um, that's a good way to say boring. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's at Teresa Jacino on Twitter. Um, if you want to check out my blog, uh, you can do that. It's teresagicino.wordpress.com. And um, actually, I just launched a Patreon page uh, for those of you who want to check that out. Um, there's a video and like a full list of uh, stuff I have worked on and stuff I will be working on. Um, if you feel like being a patron, uh, you can check me out at patreon.com slash Teresa Gicino. Um, but yeah, definitely the same goes for me that, uh, as Rebecca said, I love having conversations on Twitter. Um, you can check me out at Facebook as well. Um, I have a page for my writing. Um, it's Teresa Gicino Experience. So facebook.com. That sounds slash- like an exciting Facebook name. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the my blog is called that too. It's right. the Teresa Jacino experience. So yes, it, it's all very epic. Um, I go to the you know I go to the store and it's epic. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much me. I um I mean I've been watching, you know, grew up watching Star Trek, um, nerd going way back, and then I started reading comics rather late. Um, I didn't start reading comics until about like two thousand four. Uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Sandman. Um, And I was, you know, hooked. And then I started devouring every comic I could get my hand on. So um, I guess you could – I mean, I'm not really a new comics reader anymore. I mean, it's been 10 years. But, um, you know, I I certainly didn't grow up reading the titles. So, I mean, I grew up reading, like, Archie comics, which was the extent that and, like, you know, the comic strips in newspapers. Um, But once I started reading comics, I couldn't stop. And, you know, characters like Supergirl – really intrigued me as like, you know, they're our mythology, you know, they're like the, you know, when, when our civilization turns to dust, people are, you know, the aliens are going to come and find like our, (laughs) (laughs) our old like digital files with like superheroes on them. And it's going to be, you know, that's what they're going to know about our like storytelling. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, I love that stuff. And so definitely seek me out on the internet to talk about it. Cool. Um, now, I actually don't, you know, as I said, I just started reading comics, um, you know, relatively late, like in my, you know, early 20s, I started. And um, I don't know much about Supergirl as a character. Um, I mean, I've seen her in some of the animated series um, and, and films. Um, I've read titles with her in them, um, but never her, her, you know, her own book. Um, the one book I did read was this great title called... Um, Supergirl Cosmic Adventures in the eighth grade, um, where we <laughs> yeah. see 12 year old Kara kind of running around having superpowers, which is adorable. Um, but I'm really glad to be hosting with you, Rebecca, because of that, because um, I know that you have way more of a handle on the character and her history than I do. Well, actually, my history with comics and the comic book genre is sort of similar to yours. I, I've read I've read a lot of uh, stories with Supergirl in them, like Death of Superman. Uh, but I, I sort of picked up hardcore comic reading um, around 2005, so maybe a little later than you. Um, but my Supergirl experience kind of goes back to when I was a kid. Like, being a kid in the 80s was kind of awesome <laughs> because... Actually, it was really awesome. Um, because when I was a kid, there was a, a good a good deal of DC comics there was a presence in the movies um that uh you had the super superman movies with christopher reeve you had you know batman the movie with uh michael keaton that tim burton did um and supergirl the movie uh was one of the first movies i actually yes it's one of the first movies i actually vividly remember watching as a kid i don't remember if it was on showtime or just basic cable i don't remember that but i vividly remember scenes with her you know in the phantom zone uh her fighting faye dunaway like i was really creeped out (laughs) by her when i was a kid and i really loved supergirl the movie so that was my first taste of the character and you know flash forward maybe 15 years after that I, I didn't really connect back with Supergirl as a character until I started getting into comics around 2005. And 
I I'd, I had a very similar experience. You said you devoured comics once you kind of got into them, and I had a very mm-hmm. similar experience. You know, I I was given a couple of comics by some friends of mine, but then when I started getting getting into it, I was I was chowing down on Batman and Superman graphic novels, like as many as I could. And um, when so when I got to Supergirl in those stories, you know, it was you know uh, the Matrix Supergirl in Death of Superman, which. I had no context for, <laughs> you know, there was, there was parts of it before and after that. I, I was like, what is this matrix Supergirl? Why is she wearing like this headband? Like I, I didn't understand any of that. Um, and, <laughs> and crisis on infinite earths, you know, that was one of the things I started reading when I started reading comics. And that was a big, big mistake because it's so <laughs> confusing. There's a lot of, you know, there's multiple earths and there's, uh, yeah, there's um, a lot going uh, on. Some million characters, and there's like this big battle, and so I I'm getting to the point now where I could probably revisit it, and it would make a little more sense. <laughs> but yeah. when, but when I first started reading comics, that was very overwhelming. But there there's that you know iconic image of um, Superman holding Supergirl's dead body, and so that it, it is something that kind of sticks out to me in regards to my experience with Supergirl in comics. Wow. Um, but I. I got to know Supergirl as a character uh, really well through the animated universe and through Smallville. So, uh, you know, she shows up in Superman, the animated series, and Justice League Unlimited, which I love. It's actually one of my favorite TV shows of all time. If you (laughs) love comics, if you love DC, you have to watch Justice League Unlimited. It is a must-see. It's required viewing. Um, (laughs) It's streaming on Netflix right now, so I highly recommend it. Totally. Um, I've been rewatching a lot of stuff and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things on planet Earth. Um, and I really loved Kara on Smallville. I thought they did a really good job with uh, Supergirl on that show. And Laura Vandervoort was one of the best things about Smallville in the later years, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so I um, I connected more with her uh, through the animated stuff. And uh, so for me and and, and I probably should mention that I've also met two Supergirls, uh, Helen Slater what? and Laura Vandwort. So um, I guess I guess I could tie that into the fact that like, you know, there was me as a kid who loved Helen Slater as Supergirl. And then a couple of years at Dragon, uh, a couple years ago at Dragon Con, I actually got to meet her. And so that was kind of like a, I'd come full circle. I had I'd done this journey of learning all about the character after I'd seen Supergirl, the movie, learned all the stuff about the character and then kind of reconnected with her, you know, through the actress who played her. And um, it was, it was fun. I, you know, I, I need to get all my stuff framed and everything, but um <laughs> It's a uh, it's it's really cool to um, kind of realize that initially I thought, well, I don't know much about Supergirl. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, I actually, no, I, I do know quite a bit about Supergirl. I know a lot you about really do. I know a lot about her different incarnations. And so uh, I'm even but even even though I you know have this vast general knowledge that was useless until we started this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great to be able to talk about this knowledge that's kind of buried deep in my brain. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's cool to um, not only have that, but be able to explore her comic stories, like you mentioned, you know, being able to see the character stand on her own in her own story. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm uh, excited to learn more about the character and have a reason to. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, no, this will be great for that. And we hope that uh, all of you listening uh, will take advantage of that, too, and, and, and learn and, and explore along with us. Um, actually, that's kind of what I wanted to get into next was letting everybody know what you can expect from season zero of Supergirl Radio. Because, um, obviously, this podcast is about the upcoming CBS Supergirl TV show. Um, but it's not on yet, and we don't have a premiere date yet. Um, but what we wanted to do, it, since you know we do have this opportunity to to kind of get revved up for the show, is to use this time to to learn more about the character and to um, to inform you guys on uh, you know who is Supergirl, um, what's her history, what's you know explore her different stories through comics, through film, through uh, all the animated series. 
and to really delve deep into uh, her story, the stories of her supporting characters. Um, so we'll be doing all of that in season zero. We'll be um, doing character spotlights. We'll be doing um, reading some of the, uh, you know, focusing on some of the trade paperbacks um, with her stories in them. Um, so basically getting you all the information you need so you can be completely ready for the show when it premieres uh, in the fall. And as we're discussing all of that, we'll also be keeping you up to date on all the news related to the Supergirl TV show on CBS. We are, after all, primarily devoted to covering that series. And of course, once the show premieres, you can join us for weekly recaps, reviews, and discussion for each episode. Um, and, you know, not only that, but uh, throughout season zero and beyond, um, we also hope to bring you interviews and discussion with special guests um, that we hope will add different insights and perspectives to our Supergirl coverage. And we hope that you'll join us for all of that. Here at Supergirl Radio, we want to build a community of fans to celebrate this character. And I want to give a special thanks to Chris Barnes, who uh, tweeted a really cool video that he did where he actually, he's an artist and he drew an image of Supergirl and he talked about Supergirl Radio while he was doing it. And yes. so uh, he he kind of uh, fulfilled that uh, goal that we want to build this community of fans. He's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of already doing that. So, so thanks for that, Chris. You did an awesome job. Really cool art. He did kind of like a new 52 look for her. And um, if you're interested in his work, check him out on Twitter at Crispy47. That's at C-H-R-I-S-P-Y-4-7. And on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Chris Barnes 47. And there are so many ways to get and stay in touch with us so you can share in this experience of Supergirl Radio. You and Chris has totally raised the bar on that. So yes. Chris has gotten the ball rolling, and now it's up to you to keep it rolling. As far as contacting us, you can get in touch with Supergirl Radio by visiting our website, which is supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash supergirlradio. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash supergirlradio or at supergirlradio. We also have an Instagram account, which I'll be posting some pics um, every week. And so check that out at Instagram.com slash Supergirl Radio. And we are also hoping to be available on Stitcher Radio. So stay tuned for that. And as we mentioned before, you can totally follow us uh, at our personal accounts as well. Um, again, I'm Teresa Giacino on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I gave you the Facebook and, and blog stuff already. And like I mentioned, I'm on Twitter at Derby Kid and have a YouTube channel called Duck Milk Prod. So you can check that out. And we're going to try to list all of uh, that info and those links uh, at the show notes at uh, SupergirlRadio.com. Well, that's it. That's our first episode. Yep. Uh, except technically it's episode zero, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Episode one is next week. And that's when we'll really start diving into the Supergirl character. We'll be talking about Supergirl's origins as well as her appearances in other media. It'll be a great episode to listen to if you're a Supergirl newbie and want to start brushing up before the Supergirl show on CBS premieres. Uh, till then, I'm still Teresa Giacino. <laughs> and I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And, and we, we don't, don't scare, scare easily. easily.